Nacho Aramani is a master ethnic percussionist, multi-instrumentalist and composer whose career began at age six as a classical piano student and singer with the National Spanish National Choir and Orchestra. He possesses a unique blend of talents and diverse capabilities as a producer, performer, and musician for the brain. He is the creator of the Aramani Method, a, a method of healing that I've had the pleasure of studying with him. And it's this innovative voice and movement technique that promotes peak performance and brain coherence through brain and body wave entrainment with natural harmonic patterns. So we'll be talking a little bit more about Nacho's method. Hi, Nacho. Thank you for being here on The Antidote. It's wonderful to connect with you and, and have you today. Hello, Christina. It's my pleasure to be here in your Antidote uh, platform. I'm excited to reconnect with you after all this time. I don't know how many times, but it's been time. It's been a while. But you changed so much. I told you before, like, wow, such a <laughs> empowered woman, very with all the geometry. Yeah, but it's very refined. You refined yourself very nice, very nice to see it. Mm, thank you so much, Nacho. Um, it's been really my pleasure to, to have you and you've been such a foundational uh, part of me building uh, my work and the way that I hold space and my understanding of healing. And I really hope to share that with uh, our audience today. So I think I first want to start off by just sharing how I came to Nacho and his work. This was uh, several years back and I'd already been um, in, uh, had already done some profound healing work and had stepped into facilitation. And I knew that I wanted to take my work and my capabilities uh, to the next level. Once you kind of switch that role from you know, receiving healing to facilitating healing, you start to notice like, who's really great at what they do. And I became really curious about how I could develop myself uh, and uh, move from just imitating to really developing my own skill as a facilitator and healer. And I was doing a lot of work in ceremony and starting to use my voice in ceremony. And I was really curious about how my voice transmutes healing. And uh, I'd heard about Nacho through my medicine community and um, decided just to jump into a process. And we were actually in the middle of lockdowns. I think it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so we met virtually. And um, you would think that, you know, usually you see healers and work with them in person, but it was just profound how much was able to be transmitted just getting to know each other very deeply over Zoom calls like this. Mm -hmm. And so that was my inquiry uh, when I came to you, Nacho, was wanting to discover deeper authenticity to really know myself and my strength and my voice and, you know, take my life to the next level. I'd been already, uh, you know, uh, transitioned, you know, from uh, my corporate heal, uh, work and I'd healed my body uh, from the earliest stages of cervical cancer. And I'd already felt these um, soul callings the, of my purpose. Um, mm. And I was ready to study with somebody that 
had a frequency that was strong to help me, um, you know, get into my own, my, a deeper level of my power, a deeper authenticity. And I really didn't know where we were going to go. Like, I think that some of the motivation to work with you, you know, was even just on a surface level is like, I want my voice to be stronger, literally my voice to be stronger. But what I ended up learning was so much more deep about this inner coherence of an, an ability to actually feel my mm. body. And so we'll talk a little bit more um, about how your method provides that level of safety and stability so that you can actually drop into your roots. Mm -hmm. So, and especially what's happening now in Iran, um, there's been a big activation in my cultural heritage within my own DNA, within my own roots. And, you know, you, you were the one that pointed me in that direction of really claiming my ancestry and my roots as the source of my power. Mm. And so that's a big thing that I learned from you about, it doesn't matter, you know, that uh, uh, whatever our history is, whatever our background is, whatever our trauma is, all of that is energy. Mm. And that as opposed to trying to just like heal it and get rid of it, actually it's all fuel that we can harmonize to propel us in the directions of service. And so mm. I would say that's another big thing that I've learned from you um, that continues to just open my heart more and more on the path of healing and facilitating and service is this perspective around our growth and spirituality is actually not about us individually, but it's about us growing up together and mm. the, that we were all fractal of the one so um that's just a little bit perspective and i'll continue to share more about the insights as we get into it but i think it'd be really helpful nacho you have such a uh, vast background and you are so you're master of so many uh different aspects of music and healing and it'd be helpful to just give uh the audience some context about you know, where you came from, you know, what specific life experiences have led you to do the work that you do now, specifically <clears throat> this facilitation of healing? Well, first of all, I want to say that um, you, the way you describe uh, the work we did together and the way you show up for the work and the changes that you achieved was just because of the consistency that you created with with our calls but not just with our calls but with the practice you know that that's how we create change in our brain patterns and um it's always so beautiful to see a student that is so committed and 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 then how you can really after all these also years now hearing you talking about the work and about the method how really you really integrated uh, it's not that you know in your in your head it's like you are talking with your authentic voice and really with the deep understanding of the work that we did so it's just very beautiful but i'm very proud i'm very no proud i'm proud and humble it's a very strange situation now <laughs> proud and humble to see you uh like carrying my work and not my work a little bit of the teachings right so thank you thank you for that about me well I'm going to try to make it very short because my life has been like um, a beautiful journey still is basically 
my call for music started when I was six years old, and I, I my grand uh, through my mother, all her mother and all her aunts were musicians, were piano players, and one of them, the my auntie Maria, was the first woman conductor of Spain. This is very relevant in the future about how my work is leading all the time to liberate women's voices. Why? Because my grand aunt Maria was the first woman conductor of Spain. But in 1928, we have to really put our frame, 1928, a woman that is the first woman composer of Spain beating the man and winning the most important grant in Europe for music is very rare. It was very rare. So something happens. She has a very strong wo voice as a woman in a field that uh, that was not that common. So to make the story short, they put her on a psychiatric hospital and she stays all her life, basically. After writing a symphony, after winning all these prizes, studying in, in Paris with the, with Nadia Boulanger, which was the, with the most important teacher of all impressionists, was the most important woman in the Spanish uh, music history and they put her down. Yeah. Her voice was put down. This took me 45 years to understand because funny enough, now all the work that I do is helping women to connect with their true voice and liberate their expression. So no wonder when I, when I was six years old, a call came to me, it's like, I want to play the piano, you know? Mm, I need to say that 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 aunt of my life of Auntie Maria was always removed from the history of my life. So I don't even have awareness of her at that moment. But you know, when you are connected with your ancestry, this is very important. And you're really connected with that roots, always the connection with our grandmothers, our, our grandfathers or grand aunt and uncles is the deepest. Wisdom always jumps a generation. So now I'm so honored and I always have a candle of with of my grand aunt because that connection with our ancestry that needs to be made in silence is where we find the strength and all the wisdom that we we we, we have. So six years old, I start playing piano and then I start singing. I become the soloist of the most important kids choir in Spain. I start doing performances in operas, our big auditoriums. And there was a moment that I felt that something was missing. And I, I was a singer and I was always alone on the stage. And there was too much pressure all the time, all the time, all the time. And there was not that much joy with the orchestras. So I decided to quit. When I was 13 and I would did a solo concert in the Royal Palace. So I was supposed to have the best career, right? In front of me, my body, this is very important, right? My body was telling me, no, this is not right. You know, I want to be in a team of kids. I'm 13 years old and, and I was really attracted to teamwork. Anyway, 15 years old, I get my first trip with my best friends in a backpack, in backpacks through Europe. And we stop in Paris, the first stop. One morning, I start hearing this sound, and my body, once again, was like affected. It's like, what is that sound? I never heard that sound in my life. And I decided to follow the sound through the streets. My friends are like, what are you doing? It's like, I don't know. I need to follow the sound. I'm following the sound. We arrived at uh, Notre Dame Cathedral beside the river. This is very important because it's architecture and nature together. And then there was this big circle of drums 
led by this Senegalese uh, beautiful man, but it was not just uh, Senegalese people playing, it was like Chinese people, Parisians, they were all nationalities sharing a drum and everybody was smiling. And I was like, wait a minute, can you do music and smile at the same time? Because my experience of music has been very serious and having to perform and having to be perfect. So you are always subject of judgment. And that's what, as you know, in my method, there's two things that shuts down your voice. One is if you experience or witness trauma, the body shuts down so you cannot feel anymore. And then if you experience judgment and criticism, your body shuts down. And that's when you go into your mind and identity is created, that ego is created to survive the pain of the trauma, to survive the judgment of the environment. So you adopt the standards of the environment of love, security, success to feel safe, basically. So identity and ego is not bad. It's, our, it's been our savior. Now the problem is, is keeping us in survival mode. It's not keeping us in our peak performance connected with that authentic voice that connects us with our true purpose. And that's why when identity is super established now in LA or celebrities or business, very successful people, they achieve the standards that the ego told them, you're going to be good when you get there. The problem is when they get there, they're still depressed. There's addictions, there is traffic accidents, and there are diseases that are the authentic voice creating a context for you to wake up and to listen to that pain again. And when people, as we did with you, when we reconnect with that authentic voice, it's not just for singing, it's for being. And when you discover that authentic voice, clarity in your purpose comes straightforward. And then that's when all the coherence in your life come together. So I'm saying this because here I am in Paris feeling a safe space where music is created and there is no judgment. Therefore, there is smiling, therefore, there is connection. And my whole body, my 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 friends is like literally, are you out of your mind? You see? And then I and then somebody from the drum circle offered me a drum. Who in an orchestra offered you an instrument to play? Because everybody is very entitled. No, it's like, hey, let's share. So I the funny thing of all this is I actually didn't want to play at all. I what I want is to belong to that feeling. Mm. belong to that feeling of, of of being of togetherness you see and empowerment through music and smiling in nature outside there were all the elements there and then okay okay let me okay and then they were so generous to offer me a drum and then nobody believed me when i tell this but when they offered me the drum i was impossible to follow the rhythm <laughs> I was so bad. Nobody. That's why I'm. Uh, that's why I teach because I am the living example that you. There is. There is no talent at all. I had no talent. I could not follow the rhythm at all. When I came back from that trip, of course, I bought a little bongo and I would want to practice. My friend that was in Paris and I used to spend the summers with him. They told me, me and our family, when we hear you practicing. We know that it's easy for each of us to win the lottery than for you to become a professional percussionist. So that that's why that's how bad I was. You see? So there is always hope because we have this amazing brain 
This is the whole point. We have this amazing brain that if you give the input and if you are consistent with the input, you can access to any, 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 any activity. You can develop any, any activity. Some of us, we are slower, so we need more time. Some of you are, is, you have a more speed of processing. It's like learning, is processing information at different speed. You can go faster. Doesn't matter. We both need to do the work. Probably all of my friends were ahead of me learning faster, getting the job faster, but I was steady. And the only talent that I had was the courage to persist no matter what. Mm. That courage, I don't know where it came from. Mm. Probably my grandmother was like, keep going. Nobody listened to me. Nobody's listening to you. Keep going. And I did keep going. I'm 46. That trip, I was 15. So it's 31 years. If you do think something, 31 years with devotion and love, you become a master. There is no mystery for master. It is just the consistency and the love devoted to do it. Is the, is the courage to persist. That's the mastery, no matter what. So that led me into travel around the world, becoming a professional percussionist, actually one of the best from Spain, playing flamenco music and touring around the world with the most famous flamenco artists. And one of, in one of the tours, the second event that changed my life, I was performing in the big theater of uh, Mexico City for 2,000 people. And there was this incredible flamenco dancer, a woman, Maria Juncal, and uh, we create a show for her. And I was always the musician in the background, right? And my contribution to flamenco choreographers were like uh, not just the traditional flamenco percussion. I added my trips like from, from West Africa, from South India. So I have like a, an array of instruments around me, right? So when we finished the show, the lighting designer, this is very important about conscious, the lighting designer in a theater, is the one that has the biggest the biggest and farthest perspective. Consciousness, we're talking now about people that you are into spirituality, and consciousness is to have perspective under my point of view. As much and, and farther perspective you have and detachment from everything, you are able to see clearly. So that perspective allows you to see clearly. If you are too attached to things, there's no way you can you can distinguish one thing to another. So also in in with doing the lights, there is energy. You can see, I mean, energy and also Victor, my friend, was super connected. So when we finished the show, she came to me and said, Nachito is not a super hot Maria in front of the show. You from behind, you are changing the whole electromagnetic field. And I was like, what are you talking about? What is the electromagnetic field? I have no idea. I was so focused on being very good at my job and very perfect at my job, actually, that I was not paying attention about. I was in service, actually. When you're a drummer, you are in service. So you, as soon as you do your job, but you know, it's like, you need to know that you are not performing. That was the key. You, what you are doing is not performing. You are doing something else. So you need to meet this shaman, Regina, and my other friend, Dr. Nacho Maldonado and Jorge Reyes, the father of praise music in Mexico. And in that trip, I meet them all. And that changed my life. So mm -hmm. I, in that trip, I decided because they were, we, we were able to understand I was Mexican and pre-Hispanic cosmology, Magian and Aztec 
they're so complex. And finally, I had the answer of understanding the universe and existence through a model, which is a cosmogony, at least from the from the Mayans and Kesat Koalt and being in, in, in the pyramids of in the Tiwakan, that it finally makes sense what I was searching or my soul was searching. I mean, you can hold on to the cosmogony of the Dogons in, in Mali, you know, they're also very, very complex. Those ancient cultures have such a connection with the, with the celestial bow um, that they know. So when I went in Mexico and I started talking with them and they give me this much higher perspective of not just the world and humans, but the universe, my soul was at peace. Mm. And then I, I decided that moment I'm going to devote my life to sound, not music, like sound and healing. I don't know what how that is going to look. I don't know what I'm going to go. But for now on, and what they told me, that's very interesting, is they told me, you have to sing again. Because what I didn't tell now, you guys, is since I left the choir at 13 years old, till that moment, 20, 22 years passed without me singing a single note. And then these chamans told me, you have to sing. And it's like, how do you know I sing? It's like, you have to sing. So I came back to, to Spain and I started connecting with my voice in a completely different way. As prayer, I say as vertical. With now not judging, I mean, I was alone, creating that relationship daily. This is the consistency. And that's how you can create trust with something or someone is by doing it with consistency. So I, I start creating trust with my own voice alone because I didn't know what, it, you know, and to be judged, but in that kind of prayer. Mm. And that what led me in going to New York and start, well, living in Spain, and devoting my life to sound healing led me to go and live in New York and start doing my sound offerings there. And people coming to me learning voice because they, oh my God, how are you singing like that? And it's like, well, I sing like that because I'm singing with this connection within an empty space within of non-judgment and eight years of therapy that I did before I sang. Mm. So that's a little bit of, I, I put things together, but you know, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I know that your story, it continues and there's been so many other uh, deep ways that you've studied with and, you know, collaborated with other experts in the field, neuroscientists, psychologists, to really bring this comprehensive understanding and, you know, the work that you've also done supporting uh, autistic children, you've brought some of your, your methods. And so you've, you've really developed this method, um, you know, in, uh, through your own, uh, own pursuits and, and healing, and also in collaboration with uh, other experts, you know, merging ancient traditions and modern science. What I love about your work and what you do is it's not hypothetical, even though it is deep in like, uh, you know, we can talk about it theoretically, but it's not a visualization or an imagination. It is actually a physical construction where you are, you are building a temple with your body and that mm. is creating a coherence and an inner alignment. Mm. And that by releasing the voice in this, uh, in this um, structure of stability and safety of temple that you are allowing every single one of your cells to come into complete authentic resonance through the most powerful tool that any of us have. I learned this from you, 
mm-hmm. our own voice. Mm-hmm. And that when those cells become in the in frequency, in resonance with your authentic voice, that those cells that make up organs, mm-hmm. that make up systems of the body, which make up the whole body. And that is how, you know, that, that healing can happen, but it's really key um, that it, it, it's about also balancing in the heart mm-hmm. and, you know, not, and so not being in the head. And so maybe we can talk a little bit about the pillars, um, of the Aramani method and, you know, how, how that happens of these, you know, these, uh, layers, right. Uh, that it starts with a uh, connection with the earth and with the, you know, grounding, rooting and really feeling that Schumann resonance frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, also like uh, connecting with our own roots. That's some of the work that we discovered is you kept telling me, breathe from your roots, breathe from your roots. And then like through time, we discovered about my Mexican heritage, my, my Iranian mm-hmm. heritage. And you were like, when I say breathe from your roots, I mean like that those are your roots, like mm-hmm. breathe from those roots. And so, um, so yeah, so starting with the roots and then, you know, our center of power in our gut, our gut instinct, moving through the heart. Mm. And then because we are connected with our heart, we can go into a mind that is free and enlightened because it doesn't judge. So maybe why don't, why don't you explain? You just say it, you just say it beautifully. That, that framework. And also maybe you want to speak also about the golden ratio and, you know, how some of, uh, how you're getting everything from nature um, that you're using, that you've just in your own study and observation of nature and the carbon molecule. How I create and why I do create the method was because people were coming to me as like, I want to sing and you sing. And what I was seeing with, with, and I take students of nine months just doing therapy and trauma release, you know, but that was too much. It's like, I, and more people was coming to me. like, I want to connect with my voice and sing. And boys were mostly women and singers. And the most common ground is every, all the, all of basically singers are in their, in their mind, in their head. Right. So because I was already two years working with kids with autism and already working with the company Advanced Brain Technology, creating a full program of sound sound and rhythm, sound frequency and rhythm simulation for the brain, I had to study a lot how rhythm basically affects the brain. And it's basically based on one principle, which is called entrainment, which is the ability of the brain to get in sync to any external rhythm, which is automatic and bypasses prefrontal cortex. So when the people were coming to me and I see they are in the in the in the monkey mind, I they, my, I know okay, I'm gonna distract them. I call it like let me distract them. And I'm not gonna distract them. I'm gonna entrain them. You know, so I'm using their neurobiology to get them out of the monkey mind and using a pattern of five, which is connected as how the golden ratio comes in. How I discovered this was really, was very, was actually working with kids with autism. I was, we left it with the shamans in Mexico. I moved to New York and I was all the time with my intuition, right? Working like healers start working with intuition, which is okay, but you need to study what are the foundations that are scientific actually behind your practice that can support your intuition because they, it's very important because it's not all magic at all. 
So when I was working with kids with autism, with my intuition, I was always, I have like an opportunity to play, to work with the more severe kids of New Jersey as a research for advanced rate technologies and, and the director of this, of this center. And the whole research was how rhythm could affect them. And kids are very, very, with a lot of anxiety and with very, very hard communication skills, how being exposed to music and rhythm, they were affected. So basically, I was sometimes when the kids were with a lot of anxiety, I was, I just, my intuition told me, get my singing ball, just metal, and I start tapping the ball with the specific rhythms. And most of the times the kids will come down very fast. You know, after two months, I, will, I realized that I was always doing the same rhythms. And it's like, let me see which are the rhythms I'm doing, but patterns. And while all combinations of rhythms in five and seven, which are not the common rhythms that we do in music. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wow, that's interesting because on the guitar that I teach myself and is what I used to, to heal myself when I'm dysregulated, when I do arpeggios, I do this in five. So why five regulate us very fast? The kids and myself. So I then, you know, what do we do when we want something? Google, right? <laughs> so I Google five. I Google the pattern five. And then that's when everything opens up about the Pentagon and how Pentagon is connected with the golden ratio, how golden ratio is the harmonic pattern of growth and evolution. That's the definition of golden ratio. So if I'm doing a pattern in five, which is golden ratio, is promoting harmony and balance. So that's no wonder that the kids, the brain gets back to balance. I myself gets back to balance. And guess what? In our binary and creates coherence. Why? Because in a binary system, two brain hemispheres, when you do a pattern of five, why it creates balance? Because that's like that. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. one. You see the beginning of the cycle always oscillate. That's how nature creates balance. It creates balance through movement. If we do 4-4, four, four, which is the music that we listen, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one. You see, there is no promoting balance. Yeah. It's, it's stuck in one side of your brain. That's why that music gets us basically stuck. So that's when I, I, that was the big shift because then I said, okay, these, these, uh, these women that are obsessed with their voice, let me get them into the body and let me hack their minds. How? By entraining the, their brain in rhythms of five. And I start creating these movements, you know, to, to, but then I, I didn't realize how powerful those movements were going to be for the body and the, and the brain. Because also you can entrain the brain through movement so and breathing. So just by the action and the intention of get them out, stop the monkey mind, that led me into creating the temple, which is very interesting because the golden ratio is the one used in temples. Mm -hmm. In pyramids in Mesoamerica, pyramids in Egypt, uh, temples in Greece, pagodas, synagogues most which is amazing the temp the places where people want to go to feel safe peace and to get to connected with god are all golden ratio based and that is the feeling that you got when you get in sync with movement and breathing with these exercises you get that 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 feeling not a thought of being very strong and grounded
then you can believe in you. And then when you, you, you become that temple and that grounded, then the space is open, which all these spaces, you go to a mosque or a synagogue, the acoustics are amazing, the pyramids, right? And if you, if you, if you think what people do, no matter the tradition or the religion, people sing. And then this is the this is the equation of transformation. They sing together within that space that has that ratio, which ratio is the way that is organized, and how people feel after singing together within that space. They feel empowered, they feel connected to God, they feel hope. So they get out of the temple and they can deal with the challenges of daily life. That's the equation. That's the equation of transformation. Now, if you do that constantly, as you say before, if you have that organization which is creating a harmony, harmony and balance, and then your voice, that authentic voice that comes from within and the strength, is activating yourselves, is impossible not to change physiologically. It's impossible not to change. What are you going to become? I don't know the shape, but I know that it's going to be harmonic and it's going to propel your evolution. That's why now, after eight years working with the method, uh, now I'm treating even cancer. And when I have a case with a very good friend of Spain, that was, they give her 5% of chance of living. Yeah. And she got a, a baby and she knows the work I do. And she knows that was something that needed to be unlocked. And it was the cause of the cancer. And she called me. And we did a session online. We did a trauma release. And then she keeps the exercises every day. Along with the chemo. I'm not going to say that was just it. But, with Betty, but they were trying the medication on her. They're like, we don't know if we're going to work. The truth is she persists three, three months with both. And she's cancer-free. Mm. So there is no wonder if you create that. If you liberate the from the space, the trauma, because the thing is the frequency of trauma get completely in your connective tissue and you are all the time compensating with identity, you know, and that is what the cause of, of disease. So the first thing we need to do is like, if we want to create the temple in a very clean land, because if not, if the land is polluted, the, now it doesn't matter how beautiful it is, your new meditation, how beautiful your affirmations are, if your subconscious mind is still running and and the frequency you forgot because you pushed it down is still running. So it's going to run through the new building. So that's why releasing that by feeling it again, by feeling it again, releasing that for the system and now creating this harmonic structure and letting your voice run without limits creates transformation. You have to be it now, 100%. Be what you love. Do what you love with pure devotion. And there is no expectation. Let it come. It's going to come five times or ten times bigger. Another uh, piece is that you uh, really helped me understand uh, is about the mind and its real uh, purpose is to be a servant to what the body feels and to directing attention. Mm. And unfortunately, so many of us, right, are just stuck in the mind and in the control of the mind that is operating not from an authentic resonance, but from a voice of an identity that was created out of trauma, like you said, or even just out of uh, like 
cultural conditioning, social conditioning. Which is, which is judgment. Which that is, cultural condition is a judgment. Exactly. And so, you know, I know when we first started working together, we didn't do a trauma release at first. Um, I'd done a lot of trauma release work in my medicine work as well. But I remember you telling me this, that very often when you first start working with people, that before you even introduce them to the, your method is you have to do trauma release work. Because as you're saying, uh, that frequency, uh, everything exists in a frequency. And so some uh, belief systems that we may have developed because of a, tra a traumatic situation in our life or because of what the culture has taught us, conditioned us, right? We try mm -hmm. to build anything on top of that. We're building that, it, we're building integrated with that. So we actually have to cre uh, release to create the space. And then the first thought, it's manifested. Mm -hmm when you create the space yeah that's why that's why you create now you have the space the thing is like we release the frequency which is physical actually so now the feeling of everybody after doing thermal is oh my god i feel i have so much space now you have space for your voice to be now the interesting thing is like that's why we need to jump immediately into entrainment with the method because why because the the frequency is out but the program the mind the identity is still running and wants to keep running the problem is there's no need for it because the trauma is gone but you've been running 30 years with that and now that you are jumping into the authenticity that's what the, the challenging time with my students is the resistance because the mind is known like it's going to be out of he, his or her kingdom. So it's going to create any excuse, you know. That's why I don't wait more than two days. I need the student. Before I wait a week, now it's like even the next day or next two days, we need to come and start practicing the method. What? So we can bring the new programming, which is harmonic programming, golden ratio programming, nature's programming. So not to fight this one but to really incorporate the new one. And because you are in your temple now, you're going to, because you're in your body, you're going to be able to see the thought coming. That's why a lot of teachers would, you know, like, oh, you have to observe your thoughts. And they're like, how are you going to observe your thought if you are already in thought? How are you going to observe your mind if, you, if the only thing you learn all your life is to be in their mind? That's why the method brings you into your body, the temple, and now you're going to be able to observe the thought because you have the point of reference, you see, from outside, which is the body. And you're going to see, oh, my God, the programming coming. Like, And you're going to say, thank you very much for keeping me safe all these years. Now I don't need you anymore. I'm choosing this. That's when you direct your attention because you can direct attention doing this. And that's your choice. Oh, no, I'm going to do something different. And then because this pattern that we are sinking in every day is a natural pattern, the body loves it. Your brain loves it. So as soon as you stay 21 days, or I mean, I have students that have practiced 300 days. And, and then what people call magic things happens, like papers in Lebanon, my neighbor, trauma release, papa pa, pa, paper, a visa coming in. No wonder because you are creating now electromagnetic field that is full of coherence. And as soon as you put the thought in the field it's come to you so it's very nice why you talk about the, the the importance of the trauma release first because if not 
you are building on top of something and it's going to be carried away through the new structure. And so I know that we're talking about, you know, some, um, you know, complex spiritual concepts, uh, you know, of how manifestation works, but really even just on a practical level, right, is like, you don't even really have to understand, uh, uh, you know, the the complexity with which you're building, because uh, experientially what's happening, you are, you know, not feeling anxious, you relieve yourself from anxiety, depression, you feel more connected to the world around you. So maybe you want to speak about just some of the common um, things that people experience from doing this healing work that about how it actually affects their life. I mean, the surprising thing for me was how fast hugs the anxiety. Yeah. That was the, that was the, is the most common, like, it's surprising as the experience, but then it's not surprising if you, if you again go back to what is the theory behind, you know, like, so if we have, if we are moving and breathing in five, we are creating this finally communication between these two brain hemispheres, which is what Joe Dispenza is talking about flow, what hard math is talking about brain coherence. Well, they are talking about it, but they're not giving the tool actually. I don't think you access that. You have to be a very high meditator to do that. Here, you don't need to have any kind of experience. As soon as you move in five and you are engaging and entraining your brain with these cycles, you create coherence, you are out of thought. The monkey mind stops and that's always surprising, including myself, because I am, you know, my mind is, I'm born in the autumn, so I'm metal in Chinese medicine. I'm all mind. So even I, I, every time, every time that I practice the method with the student, I already have the results immediately you know so that hacking the anxiety i think is um, is is very key which is what people they they kind of create the hook somehow it's like oh my god in 10 minutes i'm like feel my monkey mind stop how is that i remember i was in a retreat in mexico and there was a psychiatrist there in the retreat and then we do the practice you know and we're and then he just at the end is like it's the first time he said is my mind is silent in 10 minutes, my mind was silent. I could not believe it. You know? Why? Because we are just finally synchronizing the two brain hemispheres through movement and breath. You are creating your temple. You feel safe. Safety is the key. But not safety here, which is what identity one is. Safety in your in your nervous system, which is engaging first your parasympathetic nervous system. And then, and then you are in that state, which people never been. So that for me, for me, uh, what I say, my work is not about the voice. It's about being, it's about strength. The voice is the consequence. We're going to get there. But for me, it's about feeling strong and safe. I remember two years ago in Lebanon when there was the explosion and two years ago, and my one of my students is there, Omar. And anyway, I decided to go there and he told me, why are you coming we are in the middle of COVID. Everybody's traumatized because of the explosion. So nobody's getting out of the houses. It's like, well, that's why I'm coming. And and we did a we did a worship of the method. And then some people came, women, you know, men. That was the first time they came out of the house. And when they were in the position of the temple after 15, when they were crying, and like, and it's like, why are you crying? It's like, I, it's like, I feel safe. 
I never, I never thought I was going to even be able to feel to have this feeling again, you know? So that is the key for trauma and for transformation is like, you cannot achieve empowerment. Everybody talk about women empowerment or men empowerment, or men group. And well, how you get into empowerment is when the pattern of safety is consistent. You, but if you cannot jump into empowerment, if you are carrying the frequency of trauma, it's impossible because you're building on top, on top, on top. So when you create the consistency of safety for a while, it doesn't stay, there is a moment that, then the empowerment is, why? Because you trust, you trust you. Because how, because you are being responding to your commitment every day to build the temple, to feel good, to discover your truth, to admit your truth, to see your family with compassion and to see the pain of your family and your own pain. And as you said very wisely before, that's your energy, that's just energy. And now with this work, we can organize that energy. And actually that is your asset that will propel your life. So when you commit every single day, 30 minutes to your practice, you are creating a mantra in your subconscious mind that is like, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. So sometimes I don't mind you choose the method or not, but just choose one practice okay. and devote everything to it. I don't, I don't care the method, whatever, but just choose one because that is one that's going to create the empowerment, the safety first, and then the empowerment that you're looking for, you know? So I am hearing you say that, you know, an ideal student or what you also appreciated about when we worked together was the commitment consistency to devote, you know, to deeply, you know, learning and practicing. The teacher just carries a little bit of the ocean of knowledge because has has built himself to be a little container of that knowledge. And the student comes and pours for it. But you have to come and pour. It's not, I'm going to give you the water. You have to come and pour. And that is what is very inspiring for the teaching when somebody comes and is pouring and is pouring and is pouring, you know, and then we are both doing the job and creating the container for the knowledge to come and pour, you know, but it's not me serving you the knowledge. Yeah. It's not me. And then because now there is a lot of entitlement, I mean, I don't want to be negative, but I have, because I pay you now, give me, give me, give me, no, like show me. I get I this teacher says I it's very important for the for the for the teacher to be inspired by the students. Yeah. It's not you inspiring the students. It's like the teacher being inspired. That's, there's not such a best feeling like that actually. You know? When 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 there is such a consistency and then and then you see the changes, you know, and then it's like and then you are able like I did with you. Okay, now you go. You don't need me anymore. Now you have to practice flying which we practice in the method, but now you have to do it in real life. That's the moment that you also, the teacher needs to really let go. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really feel like you came into my life in such an important time. I don't know if you remember, but I was in the middle of um, launching a program when we started meeting. And after just a few sessions of meeting, it just became really clear to me that this actual moment was not time for me to be facilitating was not that didn't mean that I didn't have things to offer or that there wouldn't there wouldn't be a time but it just became really clear 
about that building this foundation was much more important than whatever I was going to offer and grow and build at that moment. And so I dropped it. I dropped, even though I'd already been like marketing it and, and talking about it, I just completely dropped it at that moment and fully went into student mode with you. And it was this beautiful um, uh, uh, archetype that I felt that I got to embody with you of this, this ancient, you know, uh, archetype and balance between uh, student and teacher, you know, or mentor and apprentice which is, you know, some of the, the oldest archetypes in our collective consciousness is, is this dynamic. And, um, you know, that, that it was so beautiful to be in that moment of devotion to uh, learning and mm-hmm. to, and, and I, and I know that, you know, committing to those and, and, and that's not over for me, you know, like there, I'm a, a lifelong learner, a lifelong student. So I don't mean to say that that, that time has passed, but to be in those dynamics and to find teachers that can, you can really uh, surrender and feel safe and study, and it, it is so important. And um, you know, like you've pointed out to me before, that unfortunately there's uh, a lot of people that skip that step. That they they learn a little bit and then they are just like, okay, I'm just going to teach this uh, this one thing that I learned. And so that's why there's a lot of shallowness. Um, and, and, you know, the, in, in, in some of these teachings, uh, or some of the teachings that are being shared, it's kind of like, there's like step one, everyone's got step one, <laughs> but you know, how, how to actually go to the next level that, that you can really experience, um, flow, um, beyond just like a, a initial, a mental understanding of some of these basic spiritual concepts of connection. When you said everything, I think that um, you mentioned something very beautiful. I mean, the, the teacher-student dynamic is is as old as humankind and civilization. And actually, you study the Greeks, you know, Pluto and Socrates. Uh, the books from Socrates were written by his students. Even the Bible, Jesus, you know, there was, he, he just, he, he, and then the students with that devotion collect the knowledge. We, we talk about that, remember? Yeah. yeah. And and for me, I get emotional because it's is 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 not that that it is is that is so beautiful. Yeah. And it's a win win for both parts, and it's a win win for the collective in the sense like, give it time. The problem now is like everybody wants to go fast, 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 and that's the the fast growth, right? which is not harmonic. Harmonic growth needs time to one cycle to be completed and then another cycle to be completed. You will become the teacher, but give it the time to be a student. Yeah. You know, and enjoy the process, you know. And you will find your purpose. But sometimes maybe the purpose is not to teach that. You can get nourished. Your your life will change with that. But that is not your job. Because you are very good at another thing, you know, and you can implement your everything that you learn in that spiritual way into the into your architecture or into your engineering, you know, or into your law practice. We need good professionals. Mm-hmm. That's why it's amazing by jumping into be a coach or a spirit. No, we need amazing professionals so we can create this tissue of professionals that are conscious and they are sensitive and have knowledge. Mm-hmm. So we we need uh, it, we people i don't know we have a whole um, vocabulary of letters a whole alphabet 
okay that's how i see it in in knowing energy in whatever you want to call it spirituality do whatever we have a whole alphabet and i what i feel people are using abc and repeating abc and doing combinations of abc that's why i just get bored yeah. When we have all this combination to study, to, to create, and then create your own words, and then create your own words. But of course, you just know ABC, you can't create that much, right? So everybody's repeating what somebody else has said. If you learn the whole alphabet, it takes time and devotion. Yeah, You're going to be free to create your own words, and it's going to be so distinctive that make you gonna, that don't worry, people are going to come to you. You know what I'm saying? So my call is always to be, let people study. It took me 30 years to master percussion, 30. And now what I teach is still the rhythms that I learned. And I'm so happy to teach the first rhythm I learned because always in the basics is everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then expand from the basics. So it's, um, yeah, Let's just inspire people to study, you know, yeah. and devote time to processes, you know, with not other uh, prize or or reward that the process itself. That's why you need to love the process. So how can people connect with you? Um, you know, are you are you working one on one with students? Are you I know that you've offered group processes in the past. Uh, what's available for people to connect with you and learn from you? I mean, I do one-on-one here in my studio and then I do online like we did together. I used to do like retreats, which is actually my 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 best, like my my love one is to have, spend a weekend with 30 people. Why? Because it's community. We are eating together. We are singing together. We are learning together. We are thinking together. You know, for me, that experience is one of the most beautiful. That's what I, I love. Unfortunately, with the pandemic, everything went online, and now there's not that many retreats. Maybe we can organize one. Together. Maybe we should. That I would mean, be so wonderful. For me, that is my. That's the ultimate way to learn. Yeah. In a group, you know, and and experiential, you know, the way I teach when I'm in a group is like we practice, we do, and then we analyze, we 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 put we pull out all the theory. So. Maybe we can think about that for the spring. Let's In the meantime, I do sessions here. I do online. And um, yeah, you can connect with me via Instagram or whatever. I don't know which is the platform we're going to put this. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to include all of your socials and your website and ways that people can get in touch with you. Um you are based, your your studio is in Topanga uh, for people to know. Um, it's a lovely, lovely space temple um, that I've had the pleasure of, of being and studying with you there. But also, like I've mentioned, you know, we did profound work over uh, Zoom. So uh, even if, you know, wherever you are in the world, um, if when Nacho has, he doesn't always have the availability to work one-on-one because he's also a professional musician traveling mm-hmm. around the world. Um, but when he does have those sessions available, um, even if, you know, it's remotely, they are uh, extremely powerful. So thank you so much, Nacho. I really appreciate your time and sharing all of your knowledge and just, you know, the the invitation to get to know your work um, more, sharing that with the audience on The Antidote. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure talking talking to you again and seeing you.